0: Keith Olbermann.
1: He went back to the Ivy League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Actually, I always liked Keith Oberman. I did, too. I, I loved his MSNBC show. It's too bad they canned him, honestly. It was, I th- did I, he do something wrong? I forget. Now. I think he donated to uh, candidates. You know, as a commentator, that doesn't seem like a big deal to me. I think that was it, though. Um, it might have been they were looking to get rid of him anyway. Oh, yeah, I had heard when he was at ESPN, someone had said... Well, he's a very difficult guy to work with, I understand. Someone said, this is a quote, he didn't burn bridges, he napalmed them. <laughs> so, And he actually did go back to ESPN. He had, a, he had a late night show, which I think was in response to something they had at Fox Sports 1. I thought it was pretty good still. I liked it. I liked a lot of his – he had some really biting commentary, which I really enjoy. And uh, I guess that didn't work out either.
2: You so. know, Marcus, um, one thing I've learned in life, and um, I learned it from my father, and, and, and you clearly have it as well. Be someone who's good to work with.
1: Yeah.
2: You don't have to go along. You, you certainly can speak your mind. But be a person that other people want to work with. Yeah. Tim Weisberg, for those of you callers who, who occasionally feud with him, Tim Weisberg is the hardest working man yeah. in show business. He really is. Um, he's the easiest guy in the world to work with. He yeah. really is. Um, the, the things that he does at this radio station <clears throat> are incredible. And, um, of course, he's lucky that the other me- members of management work with him, want, want him, encourage him, um, have given him the the, uh, the latitude to, to really make decisions. Sure. But Tim Weisberg is an incredible hard worker, um, as is my friend Marcus Farrow. Quite right. frankly, th- this show would not exist without Marcus Ferro. As you guys know, he's here every night when I'm recuperating. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, and he's a hell of a friend, too. We'll, get his, we'll fix his politics eventually. Actually, one thing I worry about is that he might change his politics, and then he would be of no use to me anymore. Yeah,
1: right, yeah. He'd just be a friend who agrees with me, right? Yeah, I agree, yeah, He'd yeah. He'd be boring, right? No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, That's. You know,
2: occasionally, occasionally I'll give a book to someone and say, yeah, I think you should read this. I don't do that with Marcus because I'm afraid he will. <laughs>
1: right. And then he'll adopt the ideas, and then and then, I'll, then he'll be on here out, out meing me, right? Yeah. What did the John Burr Society have, the 100
2: Candles? 100 Candles, man. Yeah. The, um, I, I will occasionally give away... The one thing I do, is I give people Atlas Shrugged. The problem is Marcus is a reader, so if I gave him Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> right. yeah, but it. the problem is, then I might lose my shtick, right? Yeah, so anyway, right. we're happy to have him the way he is. Um, so one, one thing, Marcus, um, we're going to talk about Ward 3, but you, you hit on a point, it's
1: very important, the Republican Party needs new leadership. They they really do. Because um, otherwise, you're not going to get a good candidate because they're not going to, you'd be strapping a suicide vest on. And uh, if you decided to run for statewide office. And,
2: and you, you heard Hank Turgeon, who's an unenrolled voter, but is a traditional guy who would be a Republican. He's unenrolled mm-hmm. right now. But he's certainly the kind of voter the Republicans need. Yeah. And he's saying it. Mm-hmm. That the Republicans need new leadership,
1: or he's yeah. not going to be part of the party, right? And that's the danger. And, and I'm interested to see the whole interview. But Charlie Baker was on Jake Jake Tapper earlier today, and we I've read the excerpts in the in the column about the interview, and it was basically saying like, you know, the voters. It's actually something very similar to what Auchincloss had said uh, to me. We used to last work week. For Baker. Who used to? Yeah, right. He used right. to work for Baker. He used the campaign for him. He is now a Democratic uh, Democrat congressman. He said that they basically said the same thing. And what Ockham Cost said to me was um, the the uh, the midterms were uh, rejection of extremism, and the 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 voting results was a rejection of extremism extremism. So, and what Baker said was people want somebody people that are more like basically more like him, right? right? More like technocratic or pragmatic uh, rather than ideologues. I, you know, I don't think here's the thing with that. I don't like, I think there's a need for people that are on the ideological flanks of their party. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, like, but I think there also needs to be, those people need to have a, a, a pragmatic sense of, of duty to work with, uh, you know, with, just people within their own party, let alone the, the other party, to try to get stuff done. Bernie Sanders, I think, is the perfect example of that in terms of being both on the far left flank of the party, but he's budget chair because he's learned how to work with people. you know I, I think that's what they need. I, I, I will tell you this, Marcus. Um, you mentioned earlier that,
2: that Bill Keating had, had left early, a dinner with, with senators to come on the program. Chris Coons and, uh, and uh, I forget the other one. Chris Coons and Mark Warner. And what he was, what they were talking about is how do we bridge the gap? Yeah. How can our parties work together? How can we work with the moderates on the Republican side? Mm -hmm. I think that both, both Keating and Auchincloss are really going to have their day in this next Congress. Yeah. Because whoever wins, the moderates are going to win. Yeah. It's either going to be the Democrats or the Republicans by a hair in the house. Yeah. So they're going to have to
1: learn to work together. It's more likely going to be the Republicans. And in which case, I think there is a there is a I think a strong uh, mandate from within the Republican Party to not give the to not give Biden an inch. So we'll see how that works out I, I i don't i'm not confident in their ability to get anything done if Kevin McCarthy has the gavel, even if Nancy Pelosi still has the gavel winnowing that vote lead down is I think going to be pretty it's going to be difficult so I think McCarthy will be able
2: to be reasonable. I think that the problem for McCarthy is probably going to come from his right flank yeah. um, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I know that I was reading in the hill mag the hill um, that the progressives in the Democrat Party are going to try to force the Democrats more to their agenda. Yeah. I think if, if the left does that and the right does that to their prospective parties, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, the thing that you already saw that letter... From progressives against more Ukrainian aid, and you see some of the Republicans are against Ukrainian aid. Yeah, Guys, we can't retreat in the Ukraine and give it to the Russians. We just can't do that yeah. as a matter of world politics. Anyway, but before all that comes down, we've got something right here. We've
1: got Ward 3. We've got Ward 3. And uh, we've got your phone calls at 508 996 60500 Good evening.
3: If you want to watch, talk about Ward 3, I'll back off. <laughs> what would
1: you want to talk about?
3: Well, I was just going to go back to talking about the uh, uh, the sheriff's election. I was counting my uh, mail-ins like you asked me to a while back, and yes. I noticed that uh, I only got three from Sheriff Tom, and I got uh, eight from uh, you know LaRue. Okay?
1: Is that over? So now, is that over... You, the eight that you have is that since like uh the primary in august or is that since the general election i think you know? i
3: can indulge I, I really get deluged with it with uh you know with, when the oh, you know, we, election came we,
1: we got slammed in the general in the last few days actually yeah, right we've yeah, talked yeah. about it before really uh, effective and if, like excellent mail and uh, uh, direct mail campaign yeah
3: which maybe sheriff tom wasn't able to live up to i don't know I, he could have prepared to to give us some yeah,
1: perspective yeah. too exactly uh,
3: keating who didn't have to i got six from him
1: six? Hey, really yeah it's funny because i got one i got I, one well but, i'm in new you, bedford <laughs> yeah you're in new bedford and you're unenrolled, <laughs> yeah, you're and you're unenrolled. Yeah. no yeah yeah i'm unenrolled yeah Yeah, i'm a democrat yeah, so I you probably count on but, my but vote. again
3: uh, those mailings seem to show something that uh it, it might have generated uh, you know some interest to have people vote for him that sort of thing
1: oh absolutely uh, yeah, of course yeah, yeah. and uh oh, direct mails are, are they're, they're Integral there. Yeah. If, you know. The the other thing I
3: I think the step that you guys are trying to make too. I noticed there's always this uh, public service announcement about uh participated in the jury. I I participated uh, four times. Okay. Okay. Uh, maybe they could put out one. Uh, you know, participate in the voting process too. You know. Yeah, Uh, especially around election time. Uh, I don't know who does it for you there. I hear them quite often, though. And, uh, you know, uh, get out there and and vote. And, and, you know, people have died to give you this this responsibility and this right. So, you know, please take advantage of it, that sort of thing, you know. And uh, I, I think that would help, especially around uh, election time, to get people out there in this area so uh, we can make a difference. The other thing with Keating I wanted to mention, uh, I told you guys a while back that they talked about uh, on uh, OTR, uh, the, uh, the bridges down in the the Cape and everything. Sure. Yes. And uh, Marianne Marsh is not a friend. No. We're friends. <laughs> you two guys and me, we're, we're friends. But she's not a friend because she put all the blame on Keating. Okay, oh, uh, it was yeah. brought up by Rob Gray. Well, how about you know you got uh, he's the Republican guy yes. for those who don't know. How about your, your uh, senators? Uh, you know, Maki and uh, and uh, well, what's her name again? Warren. Warren. <laughs> Warren. Warren well, how, how about just oh, they, they got not to it. That's his. That's his thing. So if huh. you can get it back to him. Marianne Marsh, the Democrat uh, pundit on that show, is not a friend. I will
1: let him know. Yeah, for sure.
3: <laughs> not a friend from, from that thing there, the, coming out that way. You know, I yeah. I, I, I would have thought she would have thought she would have went along. Oh yes, they they bear responsibility too to get yeah. the bridge funds down there. That sort of thing. You know.
2: That's uh, really interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I know I mentioned it before, and I, I think it kind of passed with you guys. And uh, you know, uh, the other thing on the book, uh, Charlie Baker's results. okay. Yes. He in that book, the premise of the book seems to be from the interview I saw on C-SPAN that uh, we shouldn't let the politics get in the way of getting things done. Yeah, he mentioned his parents. So, I mean, who, it's
1: very, it's very trite. Honestly, it's like really like. Uh,
3: well, he he mentioned his parents that his yeah. mother was a Democrat and his father was a Republican. And they would uh, debate over the dinner table, I guess, uh, their uh, opposite
1: positions. So that's how they made Charlie Baker. <laughs> but, he said, <laughs> but he said
3: that in the end, the most important thing to do is to listen. Yeah. And and, and a lot of times if it started to get a little heated, uh, they would say to each other at different times, well, you're not listening. And I think politicians forget to do that today, forget to listen more than talk. Okay? Yeah. That's that's a very because the, then that's a, which, how you're going to find out what's the, well, you know what's the problem with your uh, with your uh, you know your your, 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 your voters and your, the people you represent. Yeah. So, so I thought it was very good, and I, and I have a lot of respect for Baker because again you're talking about the Republicans. He stood up against Trump.
0: Yes, he did. Okay? He
1: did. He, st-
3: he he cut his own path, and yeah. that's what the Republican Party in It probably
1: cost him another term for governor too.
3: Well, I don't know. He didn't, uh, you know. He he chose not to run for whatever his reasons. No, he, like, no, he, might, he, he chose
2: not to run because the deal forces were going to stop him at the convention. Yeah, he well, was he was he was cooked at the convention. Well,
3: again, in in, in again as a Republican, you're going to stand up for what you believe, uh, and if it just stomps you, it stomps you. But
1: uh, that's what would have happened. He well, did the right thing.
3: Yeah, he and decided right, not to run. Well, again, that, that, uh, you guys are saying that's the reason, but that's what the Republican Party in this state has got to deal with. This is the Republican Party of Ed Brooke. Do you remember Ed Brooke? I certainly do. Yes. Okay. All right. And, and we're not in, in, in Massachusetts, a Trumpian party. There may be some uh, issues that Trump pushes out that we like, but you can't let, you know, because you d- disagree with Trump, uh, not take your own stand. Yeah. And, and again, if if you think that you know the Republican Party in in Massachusetts, it's not a Trumpian party. It's it is a, a right old. party. Now. If you're going to survive as a, as a Republican in Massachusetts, you've got to be uh, physically conservative and uh, socially liberal. You
1: know. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Apparently. Well, well, here's the thing. Jeff Deal
2: saw the numbers and figured he could ride the Trump name. To the nomination, where yeah, it, where, which worked, right? It did work, and yeah, but that—that that was it. No, exactly, and, and and if you notice, he did nothing. Yeah, he did yeah. nothing. He was literally rode the bandwagon, and now what I understand is that he's trying to become a talk show host or a, yeah. you know, a talk personality. Well,
3: well, well, well again, the Trump thing—it's—it's it's the albatross you hang it around your neck, just like in one of these Sheriff Tom flyers. It's got Trump giving an award to Sheriff Tom, yeah. and it says. Uh, an extremist given an award to another extremist. I read yeah, that. Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. So, so, again, the Republicans in this state have to say, okay, yeah, we're not like traditional Republicans, maybe, throughout the country. Uh, we are physically conservative, but we're socially uh, liberal, you know? I agree. And uh, why they didn't rush to uh, save dough with Doty, I have no no, well, no, well, no clue. That's well, why. What, what ended up happening,
2: I think, is Doty didn't have enough time. It was too long of a... He didn't have enough of a runway to keep going. If he had a couple more weeks, he would have made the prime. campaign manager?
1: Who was Doty's campaign manager? Who's Doty's campaign manager? I oh, it was Holly Robichard, Oh, Holly right. Robichard, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, right. yes, yes. But they should have... Hol- who was Hodgson's campaign, campaign t- manager? Holly Robichard. Okay. I was the just the track Republican Party of this state should have embraced them. <laughs> I just remember she made a whole hoopla. She made. I agree with you. I just remember she hit, made a whole hoopla about being called a clown on this program, and then she goes and loses a winnable race like that. So, we... So
2: one thing about if you, if you if you look at the convention votes, Doty, if you looked at a lot of the smart Republicans, to include Tom Hodgson, they voted for Doty at the convention. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Jeff Deal. The children of the corn. The people, you know, in the in the fields. In the, you got me saying. You got me saying. So so here's the thing. Jeff Deal. Jeff Deal was a good was a good. He carried the flag against Liz Warren. Yeah. He did a good job, but being a U.S. Senator is a much different job than being a governor. Yeah. And Jeff Deal, we all loved him for the job he did against Liz Warren, but a lot of people couldn't separate those two out, yeah. including Jeff Deal. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, listen, I'm going to hold you there. We've got to okay, take this no. break.
1: Appreciate you no, no, I'll see you later,
3: guys. Thank all right, you. Bye.
1: <sighs> Welcome back. Welcome back. 508-996-0500, so you can get in the program. Uh, so um, we'll also take some messages in the app chat. Uh, so uh, Ward 3. There's a Ward 3 City Council race coming up. So let's just quickly explain it. For those of you who might have missed it, Hugh Dunn resigned it, as of December 1st. So uh, December, yeah, I think the actual, uh, the letter has come out. It's um, very, like, uh, Nixonian, right? you know. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, but... It's actually, I think, December 3rd at midnight, officially. But he came on South Coast tonight. He broke he broke the story here with us right. that he was resigning and told us why. He's moving to Boston. He works at a big personal injury firm there. He can't do the commute anymore. He's got an apartment there. It's just better career-wise for him. And it's better for the people of Ward 3 so that they can have a more full-time representative like he used to be. I think it was a very sound decision, unselfish decision on his part. Yeah, Because um, he could have faked it. He could have, and he, and he 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 could have faked it. He got reelected unopposed last time. Right. He could have come down. He could have came down uh, next year. He would have gotten reelected again. Um, Another but-
2: couple of terms, and he would have been locked in with a pension. You guys would have been paying him for life. Right. Um, so he's not doing that.
1: Um, yeah. Exactly. I think that you can't fault
2: a man for wanting to better his life. Right. He took a job at a Boston law firm while he was a city councilor with the. Not unknowing how big of a job it was going to be. Yeah,
1: and the fact you you know we, we've all taken new jobs. Um, he, we, he took it. He took it in April, by the way. So yeah. he's been doing this commute to Boston for for eight months while doing his job while doing his job as a as a personal injury attorney in Boston.
2: There are certain jobs where you know you work so many hours. And you're done. Yeah, this is not. That's not one of those jobs. No, right? it's a hard job. I've had a job yeah. where, whereas I, where I you know, on the clock, I've had jobs where I was in management where, where the schedule is what the what yeah. the job determines. So I don't think you can you can fault Hugh done.
1: In some legal jobs are different than others. So like some lawyers might be able to work in Boston and come down or whatever. Right. Some, them, right. You know, we there's been lawyers in the city council before. It's just this particular job didn't allow for it. So, but there's there's candidates that we've heard names. We've heard some whispers about. But we can't really... I'm excited. I'm excited, too. We've heard a lot... There's some people from the last cycle. Yes. Um, so six years ago, if for just for a quick history lesson for people who don't know, six years ago, the seat was open because Henry Biscay resigned around the same time. Special election. And it was for the same reasons, career choice. Uh, it was, there was a special election, Hugh ran in that, Hugh ran, he eventually won, he won pretty easily, but the field was, there was a field of former elected officials, former city councilors, uh, you know, activists and attorneys. There was,
2: um, Gila Rock, Rock. who I thought was going to do better than he did. Um, there was, um, former city councilor, uh, Mark Zajac, Zajac. former city councilor, Kathy Daner, Kathy Daner,
1: um. Jill Usatch who was on the school committee. Yep, um, and a endorsed by Baker, Republican state committee woman too. Yep. Indo- yeah. she was and she was endorsed by endorsed Baker. By Baker. Right? I remember that. Yeah, She so was a really big field. And, yeah, and and uh, Beth Photo
2: yeah, who ended Beth up winning Photo. the preliminary. Yeah, which was
1: weird, right? When mm. you looked at all the
2: candidates, yeah, Beth was the only one without
1: any electoral experience. Yeah, she and she wasn't, was. and she ended up winning the preliminary, a pretty tough preliminary. And she, oh, she came in second. She won the right to lose to Hugh. Well, yeah, that was a. Well, the thing is, is just just so people have a clear picture of how that race went, because again, it was six years ago. Hugh, There was a six way preliminary. Hugh got 53% of the vote. Right. And just uh, so that means the rest of the field got like 14 apiece or 10, 10 to 14 apiece, right? If that. And just for so people. Um, uh, just for disclosure, I think a lot of people know this. I ran that campaign. I was um, also involved in the. You campaign. You were also involved in the campaign, right. so we were both involved in that campaign uh, to to help um, to help you. Uh, actually, it was kind of my introduction into local politics. Yeah. And it That's and where through. I became friends with Marcus. Exactly, right? and, it, and we can thank you. So it's all Hugh Dunn's fault. We can thank Hugh Dunn for South Coast Tonight. That's right. So so. We ended up then w- winning the preliminary by, uh, I think it was sixty nine twenty one. So he won pretty easily, ran unopposed in 2020, then ran opposed in 2017 in the fall, had Guy Rock as an opponent, won 73% of the vote uh, in 2019, then 2021 he ran unopposed again. So uh, he, he had the troubles and then he ran unopposed anyway. Yeah, because he went door to door. I mean, he went door to door to get signatures, uh, he went and talked to everybody, and no one seemed to care. They seemed to like he, that he was doing a good job and, and signed the uh, signed the uh, the papers. He got double the amount of signatures needed to get on the ballot so it didn 't seem to be an issue but now we 've got an open seat it, it It tips the balance of power here in the, in the city council in a way that i don 't think people most people would probably understand because they 're losing a reliably union friendly vote, and not only is he reliable on the union, but he as we noticed with the
2: Cassidy issue most of the counselors agreed to support the Cassidy family yeah but it required finesse it required yeah. a knowledge base of how
1: to push the issue forward yeah that, that he had from his legal training and, and and because he worked as a as a district representative for congressman Keating right so you, like there was a, an experience with working someone in the legislature You know, doing that work in the in the field, and and only that was chair of the ordinance committee because he was an attorney, so he was able to you know write and amend all the city codes, which is probably one of the most important, maybe second to finance, if that. It's probably the most important committee in the council. So there's a lot. There's a lot to there's there's a lot to make up there. And 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 look, the city council has its own lawyer, which is a relatively new development if you
2: look at the history of the council. Um, But having a lawyer is not the same as being a lawyer yeah right um i can i can tell you that because i've had lawyers all my life yeah. and it's a lot different asking the lawyer and than it is being the
1: lawyer yeah because ultimately you're going to have to make that vote and so you're going to want to talk to your colleague you know right. all that stuff and just having someone chair the committee and, and i'm sure whoever's there is going to do a fine job chairing that committee and all of that but it's still like you know there's a reason he, he chaired that committee right out of the gate right and there's and there's uh because he's an attorney, he has the legal training, and right. I, I think that that's going to be a gap that might need to be filled. I mean, we're not sure. Obviously, we you know, there's some contenders that live there. Lisa Lemieux obviously steps, strikes me as, as someone that, that could be a serious contender for that seat.
2: So last time around, we really thought, Lisa was going to run. Mm-hmm. She didn't end up doing it. Lisa used to be a pretty regular guest on my on my show. Yeah. Um, on she's, my guest, Sunday she's been show. a guest on my show, yeah, too. Yeah, I like Lisa. I do, too. Um, I don't agree with her on a lot of issues, but I recognize I, her on most things. I recognize that she is smart, dedicated, and talented. Yeah. And um, so I think that that's what you're looking for, right? Yeah. Um, so I think Lisa Lemieux is right there in the top tier, okay, mm-hmm. of candidates. I think you've got to look at Lisa Lemieux and say... She's a top-tier candidate.
1: Yeah, because... One- and I know it might not be fair to start judging people, but that's what I do, so... Well, yeah, and it's just, just being experienced in, in how these things work. You, you look at someone who... One is well-known uh, in the community already, well-known in political circles uh, especially, has the ability to raise money, will have organizational support from unions right, uh, right out of the gate. Is not intimidated by the process. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's not intimidated by the process. Is very involved in the process. It's a very important skill set. Okay?
2: Yeah. Um, she will hit, Will have the respect of her colleagues should she be elected. Yeah. Okay. Um, Certainly. She will understand what to do on day one. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, by the way, some people who don't turn out to be great counselors. But yeah, just, you learn. You know,
1: I just think that um, she's, a, she just, as a, if she, if she jumps in, you know, she's going to strike me as, as the, as the strongest up- One in the race by far. Yes. Just based on who we know is in the field now. Right. Right. right? Uh, So the people that ran. But it's a developing field. It's a developing field. So like Hugh was well known to people in these in these same circles, in political circles. But, you know, because he did all that work for Congressman Keating's office, he was a new Bedford district representative, but decidedly not as well known to the broader community of Ward Three. Right now, what he did was he ran a professional campaign. He right. listed his credentials, and he won that race on the ground. If there's someone that someone that could uh, come forward that is very similar that you might not have heard of, I, I don't think many people have necessarily heard of John Mitchell before he ran for mayor. I agree with that. But ran a great campaign, was able to list his resume, and people, you know, more people gravitated to that resume. So you might be looking at a, at a race like that where you have someone that that comes out of. I want to say nowhere, but does come out of, yeah, relative obscurity in that ward uh, like a Hugh Dunn. So, I think, Marcus, that what people in that ward are going to be looking for is,
2: so the majority of the voters are the homeowning population Mm -hmm. off of Hathaway Road. Yeah. Okay? Um, If you look at that district, you look at that that ward, you've got a lot of single-family homeowners off of Hathaway Road. Yeah. People who live right by the golf course, Mm -hmm. who are concerned about the golf course. Yeah. Right? They're concerned about the fact that the golf course is going to be turned into an economic development area. um, Which is a good development for the city. Yeah. But you might not think it's a good development right near your house. But here's the thing. That ship has sailed. Yes. So. So now they're going to be looking for who is going to be able to guard their interests. Yes. Right? Who can they put on the city council to be able to... To look out for their property, right? Which is the most people's biggest investment. How are you going to ameliorate the problem with traffic, okay? Now, look, I think a lot of the people that live right near that industrial park in the future are going to end up selling their house for three and four times what they paid for 100%. it to the people that work there, all right? Uh-huh. But until those days come, you're going to be concerned about it. That's a very legitimate concern. Yeah. Um, if you're a homeowner in those neighborhoods. So you're going to be looking for a candidate... Who's got the skill set? Yeah, to help you, right? To look out for your biggest investment, your whole investment. Yeah, your, your house, home, your yeah. home. So I think that
1: that particular type of candidate, if they're out there, I would think, yeah. And there might be some people trying to phrase this issue like they're going to try to stop the park. Right, you can't do it. Then no, that's it's not going to happen. The, the die has been cast. There's it's been through all the city council property meetings and all that other stuff. Right. But we watch them. Right. You know, we watch them for fun because that's what we do. Right? And uh, imagine being us. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so they're moving forward with that. They're just trying to they're tweaking the RFPs and they're and they're getting that done. So it's going to be a matter of who, how is this going to get done in a way that is um, not only going to bring opportunity to the city, but also like Chris had said, guard the interests of the people that live in the surrounding neighborhoods. And I do think
2: that. You got to keep in mind; it's not completely a city project. Mass development is involved. Yes. So, who can work with the state? Yeah. Who has the ability to work with the state to work with the legislature? Yeah. To make an interest now again, you've got local representatives in that area, but you're going to need you're going to need state money for for traffic, mm-hmm. for traffic lights. Um, a lot of the traffic is going to be coming through Dartmouth. I think yeah. a good knowledge of Dartmouth is important. Yeah. Um, so. You, know, you folks in War Three are going to have to make the decision. We're going to do our best to bring as mu- much
1: of the information as many of the. We'll definitely have a debate possible. here. Um, you know yes. when actually when Hugh ran, uh, with uh, and it came down to because they had some other debates that were with the whole field, right? And then there was a final debate, and it was here on WBSM. It was during this time slot actually when it was still syndicated. Oh, that's right. And Taylor Cormier was the host. That's right. Yep, and and Taylor. Uh, it was Taylor, Beth, uh, photo, and Hugh in studio. I, th- I think it's still on YouTube. You can check it out. And uh, they they hosted the Ward three. The the the, 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 war, the final Ward three debate was here. So we're go- we're definitely going to have some type of debate, whether it's a preliminary and a final, or just a final debate. And probably, if if it all works out, we'll have individual candidate interviews as well. Oh, we'll definitely so, do that. So
2: the in- so the candidates can come in as we did in yeah. a lot of these races and, and make their own pitch without their opponent there. Yeah. Um. We've also heard Beth Photos maybe going to run. She's a potential candidate. She ran before. I would understand why she would look again at mm-hmm. running for this again. Open seats are very rare, um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Beth steps back in. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if any of the other candidates who ran six years ago, right, look at this six race. Six years it. is it's a long, long time. time.
1: A long time. I didn't before. know you six years ago. You, that's right? true, You didn't I didn't, that's know right, you, that's right. I didn't know you six years ago. So I had two kidneys. Too. That's exact. You had two. You had two full kidneys, right? <laughs> and so and right and so six. And years. I thought I only had one life. <laughs> Turns out I have more. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we've we've learned a lot about uh, ourselves in the last six years. A, yes. lo- a lot's changed in the last six years, and so and so maybe I don't know if everybody's going to come out, but I assume at least some people might want to take another crack at it. You know, look, I would say that once you've run, if you
2: still want to run again, it makes a lot of sense to try. Yeah, um, you, you know, your name's been built up, and and um, you learn a lot of lessons yeah. if you can learn lessons. Some ballot recognition, um, but. That being said, it's going to be up to the voters of Ward 3. There are other issues in that ward, certainly. Um, I think one of the issues, Marcus, is not in that ward, but city about the city, which is the methadone clinic. Yeah. That's recent giving of, of mm-hmm. the, um, you know. And the other factor is, where does the mayor come down? Does yeah. the mayor have a candidate? Yeah. Right? Does John Mitchell does- have a candidate? Well, we can ask him Wednesday. We can ask him because he'll be here Wednesday. He will be here. He'll be here with Tim, and then he's going to come and on with us later. Can, and that doesn't mean he has a candidate now, but is he looking to back a candidate? Yeah, right. It's so, not something he's typically done, but he might. He might. One of the things John Mitchell has been looking for, we know, is more votes in favor of his yeah insurance policy changes. Yeah, this is an opportunity, perhaps, for him to back a candidate who backs his his idea on the insurance for public employees right um which had a very difficult time in the council
0: yeah
1: and it'd be a slow build over time but it might be one step towards doing that hey let's
0: take a break 1420 wbsm new bedford's news talk station and yeah, yeah, all day hearing about the news. Now is your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast tonight.
1: Hey, welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey, good evening. How are you? Good, yeah, how are you doing? doing well? How are you? Good,
4: good. Um, can we talk about Trump for a quick minute? Sure. Sure. Yeah, My opinion is you should go third party You should announce that tomorrow night You very well may And you should, might. And you should take Tulsi uh, Gabbard with him Because she also left the party And the two misfits can run independently And both be unfiltered ah, <laughs> <not this> baloney. <laughs> yeah. No baloney And if they run on stickers Because they can't put a uh, third party together How the hell are you going to throw an election on stickers Have the Democrats thought about that
1: I don't know if it's on, be on stickers It could be a Ross Perot type of thing so, yeah,
2: but I the do. ballot
1: access is very difficult. Yeah.
2: So I don't remember how Ross
1: did it, actually. I don't well, either. what
2: Ross did the first
4: time, and he didn't even campaign. He got 23%. The second time, he campaigned like, oh, and he got like 14%. Go <laughs> but, figure.
2: But since Ross Perot, there's been a lot of decades of election law. Mm-hmm. And the Republicans and the Democrats. something like exactly, Ross Perot from right, happening. Right. Yeah. So I don't know how they get on the ballot, but I will tell you this. It is, it is the fear among the Republicans, and you obviously know this, that Trump would go third party. And in fact, if you remember back uh, when he ran the first time, yeah. there, was, there was speculation that when the Republicans were all ganging up on him, that
1: he would split and go third party. They tried to make him, they tried to make him commit to not doing it on the debate right. stage, and he said no. Exactly. Yeah. Because he knew his power. Yeah,
4: well, well, deja vu all over again, Yogi Berra would say. Right. And right. I honestly believe that this separates him and DeSantis. And he doesn't have to intersect his path to the, uh, to the White House. DeSantis doesn't. And Biden, if he runs, they all got separate paths to the White House. And yeah. that's good. That's good, because uh, what happens is DeSantis is going to pick up the Mitch McConnells. He's going to pick up the uh, Cheney's, those Cheney's, and and, um, Mm -hmm. our famous governor, Mitt Romney. Remember how we abandoned Massachusetts when
1: he went on a trail? I do. One Uh, term, one term, and then he was gone. Yeah, that's right. He was a tall carpetbagger. Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, the thing is is that uh, haven't let the have the taste of a national stage and deal with the Mitch McConnell's and the infighting fighting in the party and all the obstacles and still try to get your message out there. Because the thing is is a two front. Uh, if these if the Sanders and um Trump fight each other during the primary, and everything. There, there it is right there. That's going to be it. They're both going to take from each other, and, and it, that's a divided... Yeah. So, hole.
2: I want to ask you a quick question, sir. I think you're from the Taunton area, right? Yes. Okay. So, just listening to your voice, and, and over the years, things you've said, do you remember there was a rabbi in Taunton who was a big supporter of Dick Nixon? Does that make any sense to you? A Richard Nixon? Yeah, he was a Richard Nixon supporter. He's a rabbi from I'm taunton trying to
4: think. Uh, well I'm, I'm trying to think i don't know if you're talking about Mayor benjamin friedman
2: i don't know he's a rabbi i'm not sure but i, I just remember reading about it in the history books that one of the guys who was an outspoken supporter of of nixon was a rabbi from taunton massachusetts and the book was you know pointing that out that was pretty rare but that he was a he was an ardent nixon supporter well, that's what I mean. I have to catch up on that.
4: Because, uh, Do you have any references? Is there any books out there? You know
2: what? I know you're around pretty frequently, so I'll, I'll look it up and figure it out. I'll talk to you next time. Okay, thank you very much. But to get back to Trump real quickly, I honestly think that if
4: uh, someone like Tulsi Gabbitt, or oh, the lady that's probably going to lose the governorship out west...
1: Uh, Carrie Lake, and, yeah.
4: Yeah, but I don't like Carrie Lake because she used to be all media all the time. right? But Tulsi uh, Gabbitt is a real deal veteran and everything else. And the two of them together, unfiltered, for um, eighteen months. And if and if Trump just hammers hammers the swing states, you know, I mentioned this to Barry, and he says, "Well, you know, Biden's going to get forty percent." I don't care if Biden gets forty percent. The electoral college, I'm worried about. Yeah, right, right. Biden can get the uh, twenty million in California. Clinton, in won the, million. Well,
1: Clinton won the electoral college on thirty-seven percent of the vote. I think it was
4: exactly and that, that but i didn't have the time to put that out there but the thing is it's not about the percentage of the votes it's where they're located oh, exactly it's a razor-thin state stuff he pounds his rallies and just pounds them in the midwest and he's got texas in his pocket the has got uh, florida in his pocket and biden traditionally got california in the pocket But the democrats okay so they're all starting off with a, a serious amount of uh, of electoral votes go at it i yeah. can't see any other way but a straight path to the white house is third party and if he doesn't do it like my family my friends everybody we're not going to vote for him because it's just going to be more theater so yeah. we got what we got to do if you really believe in this country and you got MAGA, MAGA. Unfiltered maggot with its voice, uh, and on top of Trump, you're going to have, you're going to get, you're going to learn a lot, even if uh, he doesn't hey, win. Hey, thanks for the call, sir. We hold you there.
1: i Appreciate the call. Thank you. Always enjoyable.
0: The WBSM
1: app is every- here with uh, Rob Gallobois. He's the he's the um Cape and Islands DA who just got elected uh yesterday so he he's coming in studio actually I'm going to talk to him for an hour about how he was able to win that election that was reliably a reliably republican seat for 20 years and uh, what his plans are for the office and then what do we got Wednesday um we have Mayor
2: Mitchell yep uh, on Wednesday that should be very interesting uh he just was in Europe for, with a wind
1: stuff Oh yeah so so we will we'll talk ask to him about, about that, that yeah so we'll ask him about that. I mean, he does the interview with Tim, so I like. I think we do a good job of splitting the conversation between Tim and us to have like a longer form because he's the mayor. He always has a lot of interesting stuff to say. So absolutely, we'll definitely cover uh, a lot of ground that maybe Tim didn't cover because I like. I think Tim does more of the constituent services type stuff. Absolutely, and I think we have more of the long form conversation. It should be a very good blend. I, I'm. I'm actually. Yeah, I'm really. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And then you know we'll have good guests the rest of the week, and uh, we'll all, always take your calls at five zero eight nine nine six. Uh, 0, 0500 anything else chris
2: now, you know marcus i just think that um again as you point out we have the the podcast if anybody missed anything go yeah.
1: listen to the podcast you can listen to the podcast i i think the app's the best way to do it Absolutely. there's a little podcast it, button yeah. on the app that's how i do it too um but it's anywhere podcasts are offered but I, i'd go to the app or the website <laughs>